Yeah, I had I had to play the entire opening of that um, trailer. It was hot, and I, I I feel like can you like win an Oscar for a trailer dialogue? Because I feel like Angela Bassett was going for people's throats for that one. But at any rate, 1998. That was a watershed moment for Marvel. That year, Blade, a movie about a about a black superhero, took the stage. Now, to the casual, this was just some regular blip in a massive superhero genre we've come to know. But to Marvel and his head chief, Kevin Feige, it meant everything. And to Nate Moore, who's the VP of Production and Development at Marvel Studios. We'll get to him in a moment. But yes, to Feige, it proved especially significant. But don't take my word for it. Here's Feige's explanation of what Blade meant. My tenure at Marvel started 25 years ago, and there was two things that sort of launched the modern superhero era. One was X-Men, which is the first thing that people say and say, oh, there's life there. But a few years before that, there was a movie called Blade. And as Feige noted, a character that nobody had heard of at all only appeared in a few issues of like Tomb of Dracula or something and turned into, had turned it into a big franchise. That was always a great lesson for me, where you go. It doesn't matter how well-known the character is, it matters how cool the movie is, and which many years later would be the reason why we would have confidence to do films such as Guardian of the Galaxy or Doctor Strange and other nominal characters that people didn't really know of prior to us actually launching them. The entire MCU, MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is built on the lesson that Kevin Feige learned from Blade. During the financial difficulty years of the late 90s, Marvel had sold the film rights to its greatest characters to other studios, hence why someone like Spider-Man was owned by Sony. 
When Marvel executives decided to start making films themselves, they were essentially stuck with the leftovers, the characters nobody had been interested in buying the rights to, and the characters whose rights had reverted back because studios had decided they weren't interested in them. Now, the first movie was Blade in 1998, but the movie that everybody seemed to remember was Iron Man, who was hardly an A-list superhero, and Robert Downey Jr., we'll get to him at later on, um, that was his big comeback role in 2008. And that movie made $773 million, but it was Blade 10 years earlier that allowed them to not only show financiers that they could create a product with little-known character, but the money from Blade literally kept the lights on for Marvel's film division. That movie brought in $137 million in the box office and another $100 million in DVD sales. Remember those things? Now, for Nate Moore, who I mentioned earlier, Blade remained an important moment for him. He hadn't joined Marvel until 2010, but he remembered how important it was to see a successful black superhero film. So he's kept that in his mind that black superheroes can sell box office. When a sequel for Captain America Winter Soldier came around, he was the one who suggested that Falcon be included in the film. Now, in the writer's room, they asked, do people even respect Falcon, Falcon in his comics? And he responded, absolutely. But there was always a character he wanted to introduce to the world. And that character was the leader of Wakanda, Black Panther. But he had to do it at the right time. And he needed a backup from the top boss, Kevin Feige, to help him along the way. And he got that. And he's quoted in saying that even back then, Kevin realized, oh, we have to diversify what we're doing. It's just not going to be Iron Man 7 and Captain America 5. We have to figure out ways to launch these other characters who have compelling, diverse stories in their own right. But maybe those aren't well known to the layperson. But that's our responsibility. One of the projects that Moore began um, developing early in the writer's room was Black Panther film. And as a personal and professional victory for his, in 2014, Marvel decided we're going to go ahead and do a standalone Black Panther film. And in the announcement was met with, met with much fanfare and celebration in 2015. But even still, before that, when they were just starting production on Captain America's third film, Civil War, he thought this is the perfect time to introduce Black Panther to the audience. In Nate Moore's own words, there was a need for a third-party perspective, and they didn't want to rely on just one of the Avengers to come through in the film. They wanted a moment. And so I remember texting Kevin and going, I think this is our opportunity to do Panther, Moore says. It was going to be harder to do that as a standalone film right off the bat. But if we can launch him within the framework of a larger story and get the tone right, maybe there's a chance. Of course, two years later, after Black Panther's debut in Captain America Civil War in 2016, the debut standalone film of 2018, um, Black Panther uh, movie, Broke box office records. And the rest, they say, is history. Or, no. Because in that time, based on the Twitter reactions to Black Panther movie and being announced in 2015, remember that whole hashtag, Panther so lit? And the response to the Black Panther movie in both the Civil War and the Black Panther film, Kevin Feige was convinced he had found a proper transition to the next phase of Marvel's world domination plans. The MCU was going to be headed by Black Panther as the leader once Iron Man is gone. Now, quick tangent on Iron Man. Remember I told you that, you know, back in 2008, you know, studios weren't really dealing with Marvel. And in 2008 also, that was the comeback film for Robert Downey Jr. Now, what people don't realize is that Marvel and Robert Downey Jr. had a, an agreement that would shape how Marvel viewed their movies and their contracts going forward. 
Robert Downey Jr. said, listen, you guys are not a known product. I'm not a, you know, I'm trying to do compact film. Why don't we do a contract which allows me to make a percentage off the films, which at the time they weren't bankable films financially. So they're like, okay, that's fine. So you get a percentage off the gross receipts of the films. Well, that ended up being a financial burden on Marvel, and it ended up costing him so much, hundreds of millions of dollars, to the point where um, in the last Avengers film, Robert Downey Jr. made $50 million on the back end of this, that film alone. Now, Marvel learned a lesson that we cannot give back end profits to our studio, to our, um, to our talent, talent. So they restructured the, the contracts accordingly. And thus, it also led to the rumor that that was one of the reasons that Kevin Feige needed to exit Iron Man and, and um, Robert Downey Jr. out of the fold because financially it was not sustainable. And they were looking for other ways also, not only to diversify their slate, but also to show a new standard of which they can rely, or pillar rather, to rely the MCU on. Hence, when he found his golden calf in Black Panther. Then the unthinkable happened. Two years later, after the debut of uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman passed away from cancer, and Marvel had to figure out what was next. For Nate Moore, who was, had really discovered and plucked Chadwick Boseman out of you know obscurity, based purely on his representation of Jackie Robinson in 42, Chadwick's casting was almost kismet. You see, Nate Moore was a Jackie Robinson Foundation scholar at UCLA. So imagine him seeing Chadwick light up the screen in a movie and thinking, ah, that's Black Panther. So no, the thought of recasting a role he had organically and somewhat magically filled was never on the table. In fact, he stated so in a podcast in uh, early in 2021, saying that you will not see T'Challa in MCU 616. We couldn't do it. I will say when Chad passed, it was a real conversation we had with myself and Ryan Coogler, who directed the movie. Um, and what, what, what are we going to do? It was a fast conversation. It wasn't weeks. It was minutes. Of we have to figure out how to move the franchise on without that character. Because I think we all felt so much of T'Challa in, on the MCU screen, not in the comics, is tied to Chadwick's performance. It's what he brought to that role both on and off the screen that made it hard to fill those shoes. Now, these conversations are interesting because in the past couple you know, months and years and definitely weeks, um, surrounding the recasting of uh, Black Panther... Um, I think it requires a nuanced perspective that, you know, we haven't really given each other in these last, you know, again, months, weeks, days, especially days since the trailer's passed. And that's what I really hope to do in this particular podcast, because honestly, you know, perspective and nuance as to the conversation. And maybe after listening to this conversation, you realize that when you when you hear me, when you feel me, we're going to be all right. But before we get into all that, Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Uncultured Bias Podcast. My name is Kamar Williams. I'm your host. We say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is another way to discover it. We are uncultured, we are biased, and we are black. Now, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome, welcome, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We ask everybody who is a returning listener or a first-time listener to actually engage with us on social media by sharing, sharing is caring, but also... If you're Apple or Spotify, please rate the podcast, give it a nice review, let them know what we're doing, and let's let's the you know that platform know that you guys are really engaged in the pod. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Coleman Law. You can reach them at 850-597-2990. That's www.coleman.law. If you're in market for uh, 
business uh, or real estate or tax issues, please contact Coleman Law at 850-597-2990. If you're in the market for a real estate purchase, contact KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com at 407-680-8510. And of course, you're in the market for um, estate planning, probates, trust. Um, we're really par- pushing land trust for those who have investment properties. Um, consider getting yourself a land trust. Uh, contact Smith & Williams at 888-798-4529 or 888-SWTG-LAW. Of course, you can reach us at info at swtglaw.com. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get right into the pod. It was a little extra long opening, but I hope you guys are still with us. And I hope uh, my guest is still with us, Isaiah. Yo, I'm what happy up? to be back for like the third time here. Third time, <laughs> fourth time. It's all it's all good, man. I appreciate you. Um, yep. So Isaiah, man, he, you know, Isaiah Floyd, he's a prodigious Facebook commenter. <laughs> but he's also a big comic book uh, fan and comic book movie fan. And, you know, I know you're a big uh, anime fan and all that. So I thought it'd be great to have a diverse and fun conversation, not just on uh, Marvel, but just like the entire social conversation surrounding uh, Black Panther. So, yeah. and I appreciate you jumping on at the last minute and at, after work. So no problem, man. Yeah, man. I was, I was wide open for once and, and, <laughs> This is something that I really want to talk about because I think it's a beautiful trailer. So yeah, yeah. so let's let's um let's get right into it. So let me ask you: Were you in the camp of recasting um, Black Panther? Recasting Black Panther? I think you mean recasting to T'Challa. Yeah, recasting. Uh, I see how you differentiate between that recasting T'Challa. See? Nah, you can recast T'Challa. It's cool. Uh, respectfully, to chat with Bozeman, but it's okay if. T'Challa passes away. I mean, uh, there's other Black Panthers that would have taken up the mantle, mm. including the revelation of Killmonger. But uh, nobody really wants to see Michael B. Jordan act again. So. <laughs> you don't like Michael B. Jordan? Man, I actually love Michael B. Jordan. I actually believe me and Michael B. Jordan are the same people. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's only two two great men in this earth, and it's me and Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> I don't have enough room for your ego. All right. So, um, no. Okay. So, we're on the opposite side of this. I actually felt like I was okay with them uh, recasting the T'Challa uh, role. Um, only because two reasons. Number one, um, they've recasted in Marvel before. They recasted Hulk because Edward Norton Jr., was Hulk, and then obviously they they recast nah. Yeah, Edward Norton Jr. was the original Hulk. Yeah, I get that. Those are those are totally different movies, bro. Like they they don't have they don't have any of those old Marvel movies. I mean, any of those old Hulk movies. They're not a part of the. That, actually, that's that's not true because they, they remember the, at the end of the Hulk, the the end Which of the one? the Edward Norton Jr. Hulk, um, the, Tony Stark's. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. comes in at the end and he says, you know, I hear you have a Hulk problem and, you know, would you? And then he starts to it was like when they started really doing the post trailer, the post um, the the post uh, uh, um, film thing that they do, you know, uh, that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. starts to talk about the MCU. And because the Hulk was actually came out a couple months after um, Iron Man. And so. In a way, they're kind of interconnected. Now they just end up recasting him to, you know, um, the, the current person holding the title. 
But yeah, you know, but yeah, they've they've recasted in Marvel before, so that's one thing. But number two, uh, in my thought process, is <clears> that <throat> I always thought the character was bigger than the actor. Although I I understand, and I will get into like the dynamics of what Chadwick meant to the role because that's what Nate Moore implied and you know when you read up on what he was what he did at on the set of black panther and everything like that it was so indelible he had an indelible effect in the production of that film but i always felt like you know we've seen three spider-mans and which ironically they all ended up in the same film in 2022 um but we've seen three spider-mans um we've seen like five batmans we've seen like four supermans you know and so i just feel like i I understand why they didn't recast him because it would have been too emotional in the, you know, right in the next movie. But the idea of like not taking away a character like of T'Challa, who is such a big part in the comics of like the Avengers and their, and their storyline. And just even just in its own stories in itself, there's so much to mind from that character that I always felt like to take him off the board completely was just unfair in that i think one of the major things that makes it so easy to recast those individuals is like dc's like batman superman etc is people's familiarity with those particular comics Mm. i mean batman superman they have a long-standing history of just being tv shows very very popular tv shows right um well you can recast them all day not many people knew too much about black panther Right. It's a 19, I think the comic came out in 1974, 1978. I might be off. 1966. 1966. Yeah. So, dang, that's, that's, that's way back. In the, so it's like not too many people were really familiar with it. And it's just tough to recast somebody who passes away in that type of manner. Because I don't think any other superhero, any other actor that played a superhero role had passed away in that moment or in their prime you know, situation. I think the closest that you could possibly get is the gentleman that played Superman who fell off a horse and was paralyzed for the rest of his life. I mean, that's that's the closest that you're going to get. So this is just a different circumstance. But the character is not really T'Challa too, so much. I mean, I think it's just the Black Panther in and of itself. Um, and so it's just whoever has that, whoever can consume the heart-shaped herb and and, and become Black Panther, that really, really matters. I know T'Challa has a lot of substance to him and would have loved to have seen the MCU go, go in depth about that or go deeper. Right. But, I mean, it's cool. We can, we can pass him up and we can, you know, you know. Do, I mean, for God's sakes, they got a whole new Iron Man in there in the form of a woman. So Yeah, Riri Williams. Yeah, yeah we can... We can change some things here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, listen, I'm not, and let me just make sure we're very clear. I'm not one of those people where um, it was a death nail for me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, they didn't recast Black Panther and, you know, it's going to kill the film, whatnot. I, I wondered how they could push a, a, a studio film forward without such a seminal characterization in that because he was a big part of that film. Also, Michael B. Jordan was a big part of that film as well you know, start, start turning that film. But, um, you know, it's hard to differentiate Chadwick Boseman from black Panther. Right. He but, played in 40, 42. And I get all that, but like, 
He's synonymous um, with that character. He, yeah, it's it's. Bro, he was so tired of doing the hand thing. Yeah, like yeah. You ever seen that meme where they was like, yeah, "Man, yeah. I did the hairdresser. He didn't do it back." Like he's too synonymous with the role. Unlike you know, we would do deal with my boy, who's one of my favorite actors. He got to always lose his weight to play Batman. Uh, um, who you talking about, Christian Bale? Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale has so much range, bro. As just an actor, like he's just he's not just synonymous with Batman. Like he just has so much range, but. Chadwick Boseman, when he's getting his launch, I mean, he fell into that character, and now he was just kind of some synonymous with just being Black Panther, with being T'Challa. Right. It's like, all right, like, all right, he's T'Challa. He passed away. Let's just end that book. So I get it. I, I, I get where you're coming from. It, under different circumstances, I would agree. But okay, are we not reward? <laughs> are we not? And this is just a bigger conversation here. Are we, you know, I guess handcuffing audiences? By saying that they're not smart enough to know, okay, the role, it's a role. And we, you know, and giving them the benefit of the doubt that they would understand that the character and the human that embodied that character, you know, you mentioned Christopher Reeves, are not one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like you can have Superman without Christopher Reeves. The reason that Superman hasn't worked, the, you know, is because, and this is my opinion, uh, diverging, is because that. Um, you have directors who don't understand the characterization of Superman. The last one they had, Zack Snyder, who made Superman like who had a pissy attitude and really was angry at Batman. And, you know, that's not the characterization of Superman. So you have people who don't understand the character. But if you have people who understand the character of T'Challa and can write him in a way, you know, is it possible to say that a character is bigger than the actor? And I actually, I think it's okay. Because they're getting ready to recast... Um, in rumors are they getting ready to recast uh, 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 Professor X? You know what I mean, like and put it and put a black person as pr- Professor X. So to me, I'm just, <laughs> I, 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 but I'm, you hear what I'm saying though. But that if they were going to say, oh, only Patrick Stewart can play Professor X, right? I'm, with that. I'm just saying, but they're not, but not, they're not doing that. They're they acknowledge that these characters have to live on past the actors. They acknowledge that. So why, in a way, if they can acknowledge in one frame that other people can embody these roles, other people can take on the mantle of these roles, why was it that they were so stuck? I get it because you're right. He was so synonymous. And you look into someone like Nate Moore, who you think to himself, you know, I'm the one who brought this thing to the table. I'm the one who discovered Chadwick and, you know, put and aligned them into this film. It was hard for him to separate what Chadwick did on his movie and his journey to that film. These things take years. As I, I, I notated this in the opening that this is just not an instant outside of the, um, the moment they decided not to recast, but making a movie takes years, four years yeah. to kind of plan it, right? Two years to kind of, to, to film it, you know, it's a year to film it and a year for pr- production, you know, uh, yeah. post production. So these are, these, these, these things take years to kind of figure it out. And, I can see why they're like, you know what? We just can't, we we can't recast midstream. We got to keep going. You know, yeah. I can see it, but I also think it's a disservice to the character. That's all I'm going to say. That's mm. that's what I'm going to say. But I mean, I don't. What are your What are your thoughts on that? What What I. <sighs> it's just too fresh. I mean, if time passed, like we're going to, you talked about Blade, right? They're about to recast Blade. As being a Blade fan, do I really want to see 
Ali and I forgot it. Moose, I forgot his full name, but do I really want to see him as Blade? Not really. Really? <laughs> really? I, if, if I had a time machine, would I put Wesley Snipes in the time machine and go back and have him replay Blade? Yes. I mean, I don't care to see him recasted to a different person. Mm. But T'Challa is T'Challa. He's a major character in MCU. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. He's a major character in comics, period. In the comic. He is. And he would have been, this is the film that's coming out now about Neymar. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Neymar, yeah. Neymar. This would have been big for T'Challa. Like, I mean, Neymar in the comics basically like destroyed Wakanda. Yeah. And Neymar made up like this, this, this reason to destroy Wakanda out of nowhere. And like T'Challa like held it against it. Held, held it against Neymar for like years and then plotted to like take over Atlanta. It's it's like deep, but yeah. we don't have the storyline anymore. I understand. So I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think anybody wanted to see T'Challa recast it, bro. It'd have been just mad uncomfortable, bro. It, it oh, think about the think about think about the effect it was gonna have on the next actor that played him. Absolutely. If you don't play right. that role great, right? It's like Will Smith playing Genie. I mean, I saw, I know everybody hates Will Smith now. I'm, get out your feelings. Like, it's over now. Like, whatever. We don't, we still love Will Smith over here, but keep going. Everybody, Will Smith is Will Smith, okay? A whole legend. Um, but it's like when he tried to play Genie and people were like, oh, Robert Williams, Robert Williams. I'm like, bro, see, I wouldn't do it. Like, it's just, you don't even want to put an actor in that position to where he could even possibly mess up. Fair enough. You and know? I, and I actually agree with that. I think, I think that, it would have been too raw and too soon for them mm-hmm. to be like, I, and on that end of it, I agree that they would have said, you know, he passed away. All right, we recast and we're going to put him in a film because it, it, everything, even the little mannerisms, they would have been like Chadwick wouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's like comparing your last boyfriend or last girlfriend, like, eh, you know, they were, you know, they were cooking the, the pot roast a little bit better than you were. You know what I mean? Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they went to the gym. You know, you don't like to go to the gym like that. So it's like it's that compare and contrast always kills. Comparison is the thief of joy, yeah. right? And so I do agree that it would have given people a a, a you know this heavy weight of trying mm-hmm. to not watch, not to enjoy the film. They're critiquing the film, but now they're still going to be critiquing the film though because they're going to be cr- trying to critique. Is this? You know, are you gonna are you gonna be able to recapture that same moment? They're not because it's hard to recapture yeah. that moment that was like in 2018. But are they gonna be able to recapture the moment of you know 2018? You know, people you know going to the theater and the excitement and the fervor of which you know nobody's ever seen since for a standalone film. Yeah. You know? Um. So I think that's. It's it's gonna be hard. It was, it was always gonna be hard for actually Marvel to to recapture that feeling again. Yeah. Um. But it's gonna be especially hard considering, um. Uh, you know the passing of somebody. But I don't even know if they've even had. If there's been ever been a movie, we talk about Will Smith, right? That's the funny you should mention him. They try to do Independence Day without Will Smith. Terrible. It it failed. <laughs> it failed. <laughs> Right, bro. It's it's the reason behind that is is utterly ridiculous. Like, I understand Will Smith is a super superstar, super popular, right? But 
Independence Day one, the first one, had it wrong when they thought Will Smith was just going to be a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. No, he was the main person. Sorry. And then they removed Will Smith from it because he was built busy filming. Yeah. Just wait till he's finished filming. Right. And if you really want to do the movie. That was terrible without Will Smith. It was I mean, I know Will Smith has had some flops here of late, but geez, bro. It, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that was a t- I forgot they even came out of that film. <laughs> but that's but, but that's what I'm saying. So like, you know, it's like trying to move a franchise forward without mm-hmm. like they're gonna do redo the mutants movie. Imagine them saying, Well, we're not gonna really cast the Wolverine. <laughs> they're gonna people are gonna be like, Wait, what? <laughs> you know what hey, I mean? Like they're like, We're not gonna Wolverine back. That's what I'm saying. So so okay, so Hugh Jackman, his character is, I don't even know what Hugh Jackman has played in since. I do, I do. But he's 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 aged out. He said, "I'm aged out. I can't even." Bro, to the, he's coming back. But he said he's admitted. He said, "I'm aged out." He said, "I can't physically do that role anymore." He said, "I can't get my body back to way the way that to that, looked, to that place." He said, "I I'm physically not in the space to do Wolverine." I don't think he wants to. I mean, we don't even know what they have to do to get their body to look like that. A lot of chicken breasts and a lot of white rice. And a lot of steroids. You didn't hear that from me. Anyway. <laughs> of, so, I, bro, tell, I think they need to just tell the truth about that. Bro. There's some, they're doing steroids, bro. Like, I don't care what people are saying. I, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm i just saying that it's hard to move, move a film past not having a main characterization in there. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm just intrigued to see what they're going to do going forward and you know we mentioned different characters i mean they've had i I just mentioned superhero characters but i was thinking about it they recasted james bond right and that has been a big franchise they've recasted hell they've recasted like like spock they've recasted obi-wan obi-wan yeah obi-wan that the the person playing obi-wan wasn't uh wasn't oh you're talking about i get what you're saying okay 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 gotcha gotcha gotcha, yeah i'm just saying that it's not abnormal even the person who's synonymous is not abnormal to like change over the casting unless, and then even I, I guess Chadwick's brother said that Chadwick didn't want the wouldn't literally didn't want this role to die with him because he knew what it meant as far as representation, which goes into our another space, right? About represent, mm-hmm. um, representation and what we lost in Chadwick. So let's get into the meat of it. Like, so I sent you over some screenshots, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, in those screenshots, and, and I apologize to the people that I took your content, social media commentary from. <laughs> but I, I thought it was important. I'm not going to name any names, but I am going to name some quotes. Right? All right. One person, um, not going to mention names because I want him to get no fire. Uh, just watch the new Black Panther movie trailer. It's barely any black men in star roles. We want to see ourselves on the, on the screen too. The fuck? That's one. Disney's too political now for my taste. That trailer smells like it will be nothing but a bunch of women fighting with men following behind them. Let me guess the new Black Panther will be a woman too. Person says, sheesh, you already know. And, you know, another person said, bro, you're making some valid points and a little bit too much sense. Another person, it will be a black feminism fest and the franchise will die. And then... Another person, Black Men made Black Panther a billion-dollar hit. Marvel repays Black Men 
by making a trailer with no black men. That was a lot to deconstruct. So let's go over what is your favorite screenshot that I sent you? Uh, the, the last one that you said. <laughs> one, the one that's like going to probably be the most inaccurate was the third one about black feminists. It's Ryan Coogler. That's the director. Um, that's like a, I don't want to say, but he's, that's like a hood dude that's like. Oakland. And he's a Sacramento State alum. Shout out to Sacramento State. Yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not going to like make it like a black feminist film. What is even, um, I mean, what, let's, there's a lot to deconstruct on that. I, I want to give each of these <laughs> statements their own light. So let's go into, yeah. let's walk into like first, Black Men Made a Black Panther a billion dollar hit. Marvel repays Black Men by making trailer with no Black Men. Let's deconstruct that one. Um, All right, let me give you my thoughts on that. All right, go first, go first. Yeah, um, I thought it was a laughable statement, number one. <laughs> um. So let me let me give you my thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. Black men did not make uh, the movie a billion dollar enterprise. A bunch of people made that movie a billion dollar enterprise. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, including black women, right? And so to say that black men are the sole attribute for making Marvel a billion dollar enter- billion dollar hit was disingenuous in just the facts. Fair enough. Mike, are you in agreement with that? Uh, no, I'm not. You're not in agreement. You're not in agreement that black women also contributed to that being a billion dollar franchise. They contributed, but how? What percentage? I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm saying <laughs> to say that it's solely um, black men are the reason why it it was a billion dollar franchise. I think it's preposterous, Isaiah. Including the fact that it's just not the only black men were the only people who watched the movie, right? So yeah, yeah. you go if you want to break it down deep. I mean, I think. First of all, to even get people to go to the theater, that's going to be black women. I mean, that's like black women going, that's like people going to go vote. We know that black men typically vote because they're encouraged by their female counterparts to go vote. Okay. Um, and that's going to be the same way with anything else. Like Commerce. Vote. Anything with yeah. com- uh, spending. Exactly. Like, right. you know, it's the same thing with going to the doctor. Black men don't go to the doctor until their wife tells them to go to the doctor. I mean, it's just one of those things. The movie, though, was a strong black male lead, just powerful. The most, the person who didn't have a lot of depth, I would argue, was T'Challa's sister, Shuri. And um, I forgot his love interest at the time. That's where we missed out because we got a love interest that ain't Storm. And that's that's where it was T'Challa. That sucks. Um, But Nakia, you're talking about Nakia, <laughs> but um, so they were they were okay. They were like good supporting actors, but to 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 Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Winston, I forgot his name, Winston Duke, yeah, those three men carried that film. I'll and just, I put I put Michael B. Jordan last because he's not a great actor, but they carried the film. Michael B. Jordan did a great job of being in shape and doing his like muscle thing. Like that's what he does, but they carried that film. But to say that black women didn't contribute, no, I can't. I can't disagree with that. I think black women did contribute, but I would say it had some very, very strong black male leads that really made that movie great. Okay, so here's the pushback on that. I don't disagree that the three black lead, three black male leads had a big portion or, or a big push in that film. But 
to say that mm-hmm. they were the reason why the, the film puts number one. I actually disagree with you on the characterization. Michael B. Jordan was actually the he was the um, the star turn piece in that movie, right? Because they gave him all the best lines in that movie in order, and it made mm-hmm. him into the antihero. But here's the thing about that film: Akoi had a had a seminal moments in that film. Shuri, while yeah, she didn't have the biggest character arc, she had a seminal moment. Um, mm-hmm. Nakia was the inspiration for quote unquote T'Challa to look towards a better way of engaging in the world. Um, the mother was the was you know um, Angela Bass's character was an anchor for T'Challa and even was the one who helped push for Winston Duke's um, character to actually Mbaku to actually take a sh- take a chance um, and and um, you know pray and what, uh, over T'Challa's character. So and then not to say not to mention also the. Um, the filmographers on the, you know, we, we mentioned Ryan Coogler, but he's always had women handling the filmography on the films and as well as the, uh, the uh, um, costume designers on the film. And then we don't mention, we didn't mention the, uh, the imagery of Dora Milaje, you know, and how, what they represented. And so I would say, yes, those three black men, they were pillars, but they were pillars in their overall structure of, other characters in that film that actually helped carry out carry the house of Black Panther. And so mm-hmm. when I looked at when I see a statement like it was black men were the reason why um it was a billion dollar movie, I think it takes away nuance and understanding of there was a lot of factors because if it was just three black men in that movie, it probably wouldn't have been pushed. But it helped it helped that you also had a lot of black women representation in that film. And it garnered a lot of interest from black women to be like, I want to see what's in that film because of the imagery of the Dora Milaje, you know, um, uh, 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 you know, with the spears and the interest of seeing Shuri with the, the you know, firing cannons out her arm and being a, a brilliant, probably being the smartest person in the entire film. Like it, these things made a difference, you know? You're right. I mean, um, I'm thinking back because I just watched it, watched a movie uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I mean, I do think that uh, Winston, Chadwick, Michael B. Jordan had a major effect on that film. But when you look at the small little subtle things, even when Shuri was like, "What are those?" Uh, yeah. They're significant. The cost, and, and 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 also you're forget. Yeah, you're right. He's that person that made that comment. Forgets the nuances of costume design. Those costumes are just absolutely fire. I mean, for God's sakes, look at the trailer. The trailer looks like the costume is going to be still fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know what that guy's talking. About. Yeah, it, it was a flawed <laughs> statement, right? And so let's now let's get into the next statement. Um, it will be Black Feminism Fest, and the franchise will die. No. Yeah. Walk me through yeah, what your thoughts on I mean, that one. I mean, I get it. We're, I, I get it. I do. I do get it. Like, we're looking at a situation where we saw a trailer. There's only Winston Duke that appears to be only black male. Um, um, my boy Daniel Okoye, that's his name. He's he's out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not he's not going to be in this Black Panther because yeah, he so, had a film film um schedule 
uh, conflict yeah. with Nope. Nope. Chad. I mean, Nope better be good for him to miss that. But Chad. Uh, it's okay. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, geez, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Chad's, Chad's passed away. They, they can bring Michael B. Jordan back. They can bring him back. Oh, they can bring him back, but, you know, that, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, it'd be um, too much of a turn to kind of bring him back because he literally died in the first film. He, you know? he comes back in the comments, but the, com- the comics, but they can bring him back, but there's really no black men that are present. And, and so, yes, this will be a female dominated movie. I mean, we can just absolutely believe that. But I think as black men, we got to just take a second to just hit a chill pill for a second. Like, yeah. Black women aren't aren't purposely trying to replace us. I know we get in these arguments all the time. Yeah. Um, just understand the circumstances that surround the film um, and just hope that it comes out to be a great film. But to sit back and say it's going to be a feminist fest, I mean, I don't think Ryan Coogler is going to do that. Well, I think it's going to be a great movie. Well, here's the thing. The problem I have is a lot to deconstruct with that and a lot, a lot of problems in that. Number one, um, the thought process that you know, a black women-led film is a feminist film. Yeah, is really, really problematic on that. Yeah, because yeah, you know, it it if a it was a, if it was the other way around, it was nothing but black men in that film. Would you mm-hmm. make the argument that this is a patriarchal film that's eliminating women? They could, you know, they could, but I mean, like, it's I don't, you know, what I mean, like, so it's like it's it's a weird statement to say because. You know this statement because the women in this in this particular scenario are going to be the lead. That now it's going to be a feminist love fest. I mean, first of all, the idea behind feminism, womanism is differential, right? You know, because I'm a womanist, not a feminist, right? And and if you don't, mm-hmm. womanist means that somebody that uh, believes in the rights and advocates in the rights of women, including black women, right? Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, and feminism is rooted sometimes in in white ideology and purview and all that other stuff. Right? Yes, this in this different stages of feminism. Right, there's first stage, second stage. Right, the stage that we're going at now is like I get that's the fear that that person made that statement. He's like the third stage of feminism is the reason why he made that statement. He's like you know trying to re- like I get it, I get it, but like bro, you're wrong. Well, <laughs> like and, we can and you know what is so wrong? First of all, they find themselves in a scenario to where you're right. You're right. Um, they orig- they wanted to film with the original characters from the first movie. They did, and so they didn't want to introduce any new, any more newer characters into the film at this point because they're trying to carry the story of embracing the the mythology they've already built up in the first film, and yep. so that's where they're at. And so, like to say that. The character is going to die because what is so wrong with at the, at just sitting back and allowing and watching a black female, black woman led f- superhero film. Like, I don't understand. Like we, <laughs> we want to se- we talk about, we want to celebrate black women. We want to protect black women. But the moment they, a, a film that happens to have be centered on, you know, a black woman's journey with losing a significant figure in their lives, whether it's their best friend in the losing, T'Challa, her um, Shuri losing her brother, um, the Queen losing her son, or Nakia losing her her um, boyfriend or you know betrothed or whatever you want to call him, whatever their title was. Um, mm-hmm. They're all dealing with the grief of losing that person, 
with mm-hmm. also trying to navigate in a quote unquote, you know, world without their leader. So how is that a feminist quote unquote, a black feminist movie when they're trying to uh, deal with the grief of losing a, a significant black male in their lives? And for you know, it's like, I just, I don't understand. And like, it's just weird. It's weird to me. Also, Motherfucker, it's a superhero movie. <laughs> let's go, let's, go, like it's, let's go, go outside and touch some grass. You know what I mean? Like, it's not real. Like, I promise you. I promise you, to your point, you know, Isaiah, Ryan Coogler is not orchestrating the takedown of the black male position in society. It's a friggin' superhero film where somebody eats a magically purple-shaped herb and gains superpowers and a person yeah. breathing underwater. You know, you know what I'm saying? None of this shit's real. And so the fact that we're projecting all of these me- these insecurities onto a fake world is a problem in and of itself, which I'll get into that in a moment. But yeah, like I don't, I just, it's astounding to me that we're even in this space. Got a better argument that they're placing two minorities against each other in the film than that. Pardon? You got a better argument they're they're placing two minorities against each other in a superhero film than doing what they're doing listen let's just let's just be I honest all right i can't wait to wakanda wipes the floor of philanis but, but here's, the, here's the thing i have a, uh, if we're gonna do a critique of the original black panther movie <laughs> i i loved it but i you also you said what michael black Rhyme. i just i was never a fan of like <laughs> i was never a fan of how they had the white cia agent as a <laughs> As a hero and the black nationalist, as a guy who was the who was the who was the enemy, and I understand they they had to make him into this the enemy to kind of just oppose T'Challa's character, you know. But you know, I'm just not a fan of the C- white CIA agent, you know. Man, uh, I'm gonna be real, like Killmonger walked away being more influential and being more. People, people kind of support it. When you, all right, you watch the movie. We saw this all play out. We watched the movie. Oh, you know, T'Challa. It was like a couple weeks went by. We was like, you know what? Yeah, Kim Marker might have been right about some shit. (laughs) (laughs) He was right the whole time. (laughs) I'm not with him beating on women and killing, you know, women and all that, but. You know, take away. Nah, he didn't beat the woman. I mean, remember his girl told him like, "Hey, take me out. Like, you got a bigger." You. She was like a nationalist for real. She was like, "Just take me out." No, and, like that's what I'm talking her. about. I'm talking about when he um choked the woman in the cave when he said, she, "Oh yeah, got you." Yeah, he was burning the herbs. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm saying he got. You know, he went hotep ten thousand. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, that. That's what that's that was that whole problem. That was the problem. <laughs> they had to make Killmonger really super hotep in order to like, yeah, I don't really like that dude like that. But if they were to dial back the hotepism a little bit, you know, just dial it back and just be like, I just want to focus on liberating black people. You might have been in that film like, I don't know, Killmonger is making some, he's making points here that I don't disagree with. You know, they had some minor flaw. They gave him a make, flaw. They gave him character flaws. Yes, it's, it's like what they do with like a Huey P. New, a Huey P. New like type of character, bro. Like they'll like they'll be like, oh, he did all this great stuff throughout his life. Last scene, trying to buy drugs, he's dead. Like that's how, yeah, right, right, that's right, how, right. Kill right. that little bit of his character. That you know, like that's a real person too. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like. It, it's a, and people don't even know if he was trying to buy drugs or he was trying to push the drug dealer off the street. They don't even know that, but they'll put that last little bit in there to kill the character. It's kind of like, 
if they would have like left out, like let's say the choking of the woman and just really had us do a intellectual debate of like who's right and who's wrong. T'Challa was probably wrong. Probably be, most people agree that T'Challa was wrong. He was absolutely wrong. First of all, his first instinct He's he's he he um Michael uh, the, the white sea agent he's dying country let's bring him to Wakanda really bro you're gonna bring somebody that you're hidden nation for hundreds of years and your first instinct is to bring a CIA agent into the borders to treat him you couldn't drop him off at a, at a hospital with your spaceship Not only that you bring him into your borders but you don't you don't let all the other black people without nothing that's why Michael B Jordan's like bro like you left all of us out here right to be enslaved and struggle but you bring this white guy in here to get healed like what are you doing bro? what are you like, doing bro what are you even talking about it looked bad bro they had to give him some type of flaw because we 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 would still be arguing about it today like, i mean they had that was his character flaw <laughs> um abusing a woman and it's also his character flaws he this man just discovered the heart-shaped herb and was like oh yeah this is how everybody burn everything like so, that, like that was the like so they were like they made him into a selfish abuser, and you were like, I can't, I don't like this guy. Like I wanted right. to root for you, you know, it's like Tyra Banks, we're rooting for you, we're all, we're all rooting for you. Who's yeah. all, you know, also upon reflection, she was trash as well. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, but yes, like we had to like they turned his character to the point where we're like, I don't like that dude, man. Like I want to, I want, I, I want to. Pardon? That's, that's it's good writing on the. On the, on the particular front because yeah in the day you got it like we got to pick and choose right now like now killmonger comes back in the comics that's a whole nother they bring him back in the comics ryan coogler definitely probably will do because michael b george's boy that's go that's a whole different that's a whole different killmonger so like that'd be interesting right so if they they bring him back like in a new characterization and they allow you know and now he they humanized him a lot more and he's recognize the error of his ways, you know, you know, and it might be more receptible, but you're right. Um, they, it's great writing is making you believe in the character to a point, like to the point where people look at Thanos and be like, I kind of see what Thanos is talking about. You know, right? like, you know, Thanos, Thanos. yeah, you know, Thanos was right. You know, like maybe, maybe half of y'all need to go, you know, what the, the character flaws that he killed his daughter. Right. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? That's that's where they hit you with like, oh, Thanos is actually wrong. But right. truly, if you let it play out, you without him killing his daughter, you'd be like, ah. yeah, like, you're making some <laughs> points. Thanos is making some points here. I can't deny. You know, <laughs> I'm listening to the other side, but he's he's it's like a judge when a judge is like like you're looking at the judge and the other side's making your argument and it's like you know they're wrong, but they're making a more persuasive argument than you. Oh, that's when I start to get anxiety. Yeah, and the, like, you're like, the judge, you're like, judge, you literally cannot tell me you're about, you're buying this. And the judge's like, I mean, they're making a good argument. Like, what do you got for me? <laughs> you nah, know? man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, they're like, judge, they're literally wrong on this case. And you, but you because, know. but because they cited a couple case law and it's persuasive, you're literally giving them consideration on this. So. Exactly. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's that that is a that's funny. But let I want to actually talk about. Um, the idea behind how black men have projected themselves into this particular space of insecurity and by by feeling like they have to align themselves into like Black Panther's gone, what does that mean for us? And to me it it it's um it speaks to a larger 
larger statement. Now, I don't know where you stand on this. We've never spoken about this, you and I, privately. Hear me out on this. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. I believe that a lot of it stems from black men not having real positive representations in their in their lives or purviews, whether it's, I don't know, if it's, you know, the father's not being as prevalent, or even if they're in the home, but they're not being as emotionally prevalent. And, or even on the, in pop culture, not having, not feeling that they have representation to the point where they looked at a guy, again, I don't know where you stand on this person, but it looked at a guy like Kevin Samuels as the progenitor of their purpose because they felt like here's a guy who was speaking to me and speak all with flaws and all, but he was speaking to how I saw the world. Even if the flaws were readily apparent, they can identify. That's why you saw a lot of black men look at Kevin Samuels as their black superhero in a way (laughs) because, and they started, you know, using his lines um, as a way and, and as the way that, to interpret the world. Yeah. You know, um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Um, two things. I think there is some black male insecurity. Yeah. Um, and that, that insecurity is one that is, there's a justifiable reason why there's some black male insecurity. There's not a lot of black superheroes. And both real and fake. Both real and fake. Yeah. Whoa, 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 real. There, there's a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah, no. There's a there's a lot. Yes, there's a lot to peel in our history. Black, yeah, black male superheroes, but they're not gonna put them on the freaking screen. I mean, yeah, they put. <clears throat> we were lucky to get the story of uh, my boy out of Chicago who was assassinated by Chicago. Oh, Fred movie. Hampton. Fred Hampton. You think we're gonna get another? We're gonna get a, a movie about who you who you be Newton again? Like, you, probably not. And even if that, even in that representation, and you know, shout out to my boy Lyndon who's uh, listening on this pod. We and him had debates on that movie, Black Messiah. I wasn't a fan of how they did Black Messiah because I think they focused too much on the snitch and not on the representation of Fred Hampton. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and like and his growth. And I felt like the movie focused, again, way too much on the government side of the argument, you know, and not on the person who the film was based off of. Nah, they had to. They had to focus on the snitch. The snitch was the more dramatic, the more pull. And that's what he said. That that they had to focus on the snitch. Like, why would you? And it's, it's Fred Hampton's a superhero. Right. Like, well, he's he's learning under Huey. He's, you know, under under Bobby. So he's he has this chapter in Chicago and he's trying to get everything up and running. So he's this great guy who's not just forming a black coalition, but also like kind of a rainbow coalition. Right. 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 And then you have the snitch. The snitch is like the reasoning behind this man snitching is literally the greatest story of all time. That's what made that 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 movie great. I'll be honest with you, because I was like, I get we know we already know that Fred Hampton was a great person, and et cetera, and et cetera. Nate, we didn't need really, really, we didn't need like his development in death, all that stuff. We wanted to know why a man would snitch, and then we wanted to know why he ended his life tragically. You know, like right. that was a good story. But but to get back to the point, but 
we do have a lot of real heroes, but we won't see them put on, we won't be seeing them on TV. Mm-hmm. And so our superheroes, I mean, yeah, we only had T'Challa. And um You mean you Falcon know, ain't doing it for you? <laughs> bro, I forgot Falcon was black. Um Rody ain't no doing Falcon. it for you? Huh? Rody? Rody? Rhodes? You know, God, you know, war machine. Nah, man. He don't do it for me either. Those are not because they don't have their own standalone movies. Right. right. They don't really have a significant plot line or anything like that. I was being bro, joking, I, by the way. I was joking, by the way. We keep going. No, yeah. But but I mean, you could you could ask any black comic head or anything. People are waiting for like a static shock. People are waiting for like an icon. Yeah. I mean, people were really waiting for Shazam. I mean, I'm happy that uh, not Shazam, but Black Adam. I'm happy that The Rock gets to play that. I mean, The Rock considers himself partially a black man, so I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, well, The Rock doesn't deny that he has some African American lineage. Put it like that. Right. I appreciate The Rock. Um, but you know, like. We don't really, I mean, we're waiting for like the black Green Lantern. That's like the best Green Lantern. I don't know what DC is waiting on. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like, we don't have a lot of representation. So I, then we see like, okay, well, T'Challa's gone. And we see the torch being passed to a woman. It's it's, it's a woman in a suit. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> we see the torch being passed to a woman and we get, it's kind of like black male frailty. Mm. We're like, you know, we're like, oh, no, nah, man. They're replacing us. And, and next thing you know, there will be no male, black male superheroes, which I think is far-fetched. I mean, DC just got the rights back to to Static Shock. So we should see Static Shock soon or whatever like that. But it's just, you, we, we don't we don't have a lot of superheroes. And I know that bothers people. And I, I can see why people can feel that way. But I don't, we got to be careful about how we take, take things out on our, on our black sisters and our women. We got to be very, very careful because they're also trying, they're also seeking representation too, to show that they're not just what the stereotypes say. They're, they're strong women and lead and and with black women. I mean, we got to be careful as black men when we get in our, like, kind of, we have our black male frailty. We get kind of scared of of being replaced. Yeah. We got to just yeah. kind of acknowledge that, you know, black women also need some type of representation. And I know it seems like the, the scales are being tipped, but for the longest, we were the only representation for the longest. I mean, they basically played the damsel in distress and et cetera, and et cetera, or the abused black woman. And now they have the opportunity to play a superhero. Okay, right. let them play the superhero. And then let's keep fighting for the black male characters to be realized on the screen. Um, we could take a lot more of our energy out on the actual makers of these films or the actual companies that produce these films than to be arguing with our women about them being on, being put in a suit in a superhero. <laughs> that's number, that's facts, right? And there's a lot of things to say. Number one, you said something interesting about, um, you know, when you hit black men, you know, um, frailty talking about, you know, we're not, we're being replaced, and what do we hear like in in Charleston uh, or not Charleston? Was that uh, you would not replace us? You know, and like, mm-hmm. and it's like so. Oftentimes, black men instinctually, whether they realize it or not, we are often the progenitors of white supremacy. And when yeah. we do these things where we say, "Oh, we're you know downgrading black women for wanting to lead in a fake superhero movie," we <laughs> are 
you know, whether we realize it or not, we are, you know, propagating white supremacist ideas. And to your point, we are arguing over a small piece, maybe a bigger pie, instead of arguing, why don't we have more black representation in this particular one friggin' movie? Say, why don't we have more fucking movies in the general? Like, exactly. what's going on with that? Like, yeah. you're, we're basing it all on one particular movie instead of asking the larger question of, well, you know what? Maybe we should have more representation, period. DC's yeah. sitting on a treasure trove of other characters and they <laughs> they can't even get their, you know, they can't even get out of first gear. Yeah. You know, that's the statement we need to make. Marvel has all the treasure trove of other black characters. Let's try to push for some more other black male characters. Like, those are the conversations we had. Not focusing on a sequel movie where that main character died. Be like, no, this is gonna be the this is gonna be the promoting of black feminism, and we're gonna have to sit there and we're gonna it's gonna be the death of black male representation. It's all that, all that. It's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. You know, um, you know, maybe we what we can do is focus in on the fact that why is it that black men feel like they have to in order they have to push black women to the side in order to or push black women down in order to feel like they have to rise up. That's the larger question. Why do you feel instinctually that you have to push down in order to rise? Because we've been conditioned to push down against the individuals who really have no power to oppress us. Bingo. (laughs) It's just, it's the same reason. Like how was, how were rich white people able to convince poor whites to join a civil war over alleged hate rights, but it was really about slavery and money. Right. Yeah. Oh, like so for all the people, the Confederate soldiers who died, if they were poor, they died for no reason. Right. <laughs> Not over rich people's <laughs> rich people's desire to maintain slavery in the United States, despite it being wildly unpopular by that time period. So it's just, you know, you get convinced to oppress or attempt to oppress somebody who really has no power to oppress you. You know, so it kind of it goes in that same argument, though, and I know this is kind of off base, but that statement of how you see now in pol- in politics how black people feel like about immigrants, right? <laughs> and they feel like, oh, they're taking our jobs. And, you know, I'm so I'm for, you know, a harsher immigration standards because we don't want them coming into the country and taking our jobs. And in reality, it's like you've, again, you're propagating white supremacy by, you know, uh, using terms that don't or uh, using terms and, and, and ideas that don't apply to your situation. First of all, an immigrant is not taking your job because most immigrants have low paying jobs. Number one. Number two, um, the fact of the matter shouldn't be why you're arguing over a little piece of these, this job sector about the bigger question is why are we not represented in other sectors of the job market? You know, and you know, why is it that, that you're fighting over a small piece of the job sector pie? And, but we don't stuff though. Pardon? Black people like I, I, I've made this argument before also like immigration is a little different because it is complex. When you see the politicians that you voted for, Democrats, yeah. we talk about this a lot. Democrats playing us in our face. Yeah, we see Democrats going hard for immigrants to come into the country and work jobs and things like that. When Democrats should be pushing hard for these subsidized farmers yeah. and being subsidized to actually pay a livable wage. So maybe black people would return to farms, yeah. to farm, but that's not what they're doing. You know, so immigration is really tough because as black people, we look at it and we're like, 
bro, like they're trying to let people come into the country. They, they get jobs and we're unable to get any type of job for a little, it, it gets really complicated. I can see how, like, when it comes to immigration, black people are like, nah, bro. Right. Like, this is crazy. Right. But I think, again, it's misplaced. It's, we're misplacing that particular ventrile or that, 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 that anger. Right. It should be to our politicians that we voted for, for putting in policies that would enrich others, but not really enrich us. Right. So I, I, we, again, we're still looking at the wrong, the wrong people, the wrong direction, you know? So, right. yeah. All right. So listen, bro. Um, I know it's after the long work day. And so, um, you know, we're not going to, I usually do a long, long. We typically do a long one. Yeah. We do a long one. Like, bro, you got me. I'm straight. I'm good. Yeah. You know, but you know what? Like I said, I, I'm going to, we can go ahead and, and just kind of give me your final thought. Like, what are your thoughts? What are you excited about the movie? Are you like, you know, when you saw the, first of all, uh, real talk. I know I joked in the opening about Angela Bassett winning an Oscar, but damn. I stole your, I stole your thing. I stole your post. You saw my post? I stole your post on Facebook and I just kind of re remixed it. Oh, what did you like, say? She's, she's, they're going to, basically the trailer is just to give her an Academy Award. Like, bro, just tell the, like, <laughs> you might as well just be honest about what this film is about. Like, they're trying to win an Academy Award. Mm. Boom. I got you. She's acting. She's acting her ass off. She's acting. <laughs> like, <laughs> she like is acting in a Tina Turner. Like she's acting. Yeah. So this is significant. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I listen. Um, I, 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 this is, there's, there's a reason why nobody else is really voices in the, in the trailer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's, there is. Her voice is powerful. No, no, I'm saying I'm agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her voice is too powerful, bro. Yeah, like they they made her to set her voice to center. I'm like, ooh, like I watched that trailer. Like I don't can't tell you how many times I watched it. I don't, it's, it's a running for how many if I've watched this trailer more or the Meg the Stallion <laughs> Meg the Stallion um dancing video. I don't know which one I've watched more in 2022, <laughs> but it's up there. They're both they're both up there. And um yeah, like. <laughs> The fact of the matter is, like, I watching that and her words and co-aligned with the friggin' with this mu- the music. That was a like chef's kiss. Whoever decided to do that, cut that yeah. trailer. Marvelous. Yeah, that was marvelous. I, I mixing Tim's. I said another thing. I saw somebody mentioned the fact that um, oh, they replaced you know uh, uh Bob Marley and put a woman on the song, and I'm like, it's a cover, bro. Like what is what is going on here? Like I've never I've never heard a, a terrible Tim song. I'm no. just being that girl that she freaking blow. She's so attractive to me too, like because of her voice. Yeah, and like she's just like dang. That's some, what's one woman that's really really attractive because of her voice. <laughs> no, right, real talk. Like her voice is so ethereal and so like yeah. it's like it's crazy that I felt like it it added more to yeah. the to the trailer. Like I mean, yeah, we love Bob Marley's "No Woman No Cry," but like Tim's voice, every track she's on, she bodies, you know? And so, yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, let her, let her, let her blow on this one. Cause that, that's an incredible song. In fact, to the point where I downloaded the actual song, no woman, no cry, <laughs> because I was like her, she sounds incredible on that track. Sometimes yeah. when people get it, like they redo a song, you'd be like, Oh, you should have left that one alone. Like, okay. Uh, they came out over the weekend. 
uh, Diddy's son <laughs> did a did a remix of uh, Little Kim's Crush on You or whatever like that, and that was terrible. It was a terrible song. So yeah, Diddy's son is where I just like yeah. tuned out. Yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, uh, you're but you're you're excited for the movie though. I'm excited for the movie. I think the trailer is is is. I mean, I don't know who's going to be the Black Panther. I mean, there's I, have an, I know who's going to be Black Panther. I'm not going to reveal it on this. I, I actually saw it on Reddit. I, I know the whole entire plot because I'm a nerd. I've read the entire plot on Reddit. Don't ask me might, why I did that you shit. You might as well just send it to me then. I got to find the Reddit. I can tell you offline about the entire plot. I'm not going to do it on this pod. Okay. Yeah, I can tell you offline, but um, it's it looks great, man. I mean, I know people are 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 upset about the casting of um, Jesus. I'm forgetting. Is it Neymar? Neymar? Yeah, Neymar. Neymar. Yeah, yeah. They're mad about the casting of that. They feel like it should have been an Asian guy. I, man, I don't know, man. I just get tired of people. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, they don't feel like he looks like the Neymar in the in the comics and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, but you know the the problem is when they created that comic. It was like during a time when they they made a super Asian caricature that was like a problem, and Probably. so like and so they were like we can't do that in this one like we're and you know and so in order to give the character more context and different value they they reshifted the origin and I'm like okay that's cool you know that's that's a, that's a great point I I don't know I don't I think you're right I get tired of people nitpicking on dumb shit. Like, are yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's a fake, it's, it's not real. It's yeah. None of these people are real. Stop, stop basing, if your livelihood and your life is based on the origin of a fake character, I need you to look in the mirror and take some stock in your fucking life. All right? <laughs> the shit is, the, there's a lot more shit going on in the world than the origin of a, of a fake character. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on with you, but you know, you need to change that shit up. Um, it's going to be a lot of war. It's going to be a lot of fighting. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fighting in this movie. Um, well, Ryan Cooper said that he said this movie's a lot of motion, but it's it's action packed. He said I'm, I didn't I didn't sort away from the action, and I don't want people to think. And I think yeah. he knew that it was going to be an emotional trailer, and so like he went, at, at Comic Con, he said, "Listen, it's going to be it's going to be an action packed movie. It's not it's a lot of action this movie, but I think they properly had to do an emotional trailer because it would yeah. been like really like." Weird if they just would have been boom right at the gate action pack blah 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 and yeah, this guy that we're gonna have a funeral for in this movie that's good that's in there too I think yeah. they they struck the proper tone of like we're gonna honor our friend you know mm-hmm. um you know I actually I do want to say this point too like Nate Moore says in his quotes uh that you know T'Challa or excuse me Chadwick had such an indelible fo- effect on the movie. Because there were little things he was doing during the filming. Like he would go to uh, Ryan Coogler and be like, you know, the character should say this. Or they should, you know, they should be standing this way. Because it's been, it's a sense of regalness. And so he would do little things that would help try to bring up the level of the movie. He would go to different characters, different actors and be like, I think you should be saying this. Because this is how they would say this in this particular way. You know, and so... I, I and those are the things we just know about, right? And so I do think again it goes into the place of where Nate Moore's like I can't replace someone who had such he did so many little things on that set that it that brought the level up this movie. If we would have just replaced him, it just would have felt empty, like empty calories, right? 
Last point, I know who can replace him. Who? Uh, Denzel Washington's son. Dave uh David Washington. I don't know if he's Dude. I don't know if he's really that great. He's cool. I don't know if he's He's a little he's short. He's shorter than Chadwick actually. He's like 5 5 9. Chadwick was like, Chadwick is like 6 1. Nah. Chad was short. Chad was like 6. 6 foot. He was like 6 oh, foot 6 1. Duke. David Washington's like 5 9. No, Winston Duke. Oh, Winston Oh, Winston Duke. How how tall is he? Because they were like they were like Chat, they had to shoot it a certain way so Chadwick and him were the same height. Um, hold on, Winston Duke is how tall? Six four, six five. Okay, and okay. Chadwick was. Hold on, look right here. Doesn't say six foot. He's six foot. Okay. Yeah, he ain't no six foot, bro. He like five ten. Oh, okay. Well, David Washington is if he's five. If they say he's five nine, then he's probably like five eight, five seven. Shout out to short. I know Michael B. Jordan is a true six foot guy. I'm a, as a short person. I'm uncomfortable talking about people's heights. I gotta be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and devalu- I look forward to this movie, man. I mean, that's that's all I can really say. If I look forward to this movie, um, I will be buying, um. Whatever's on Amazon that they were promoting, I will be buying that little black jumpsuit. Okay. Um, and uh, I look forward to it, man. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dress up the last time I went to go see the movie and stuff like that, man. I'm gonna be a part of the culture, man. I'm gonna be present. Yeah. Um, I see other black people dressing up, bruh. You know what? All these people they go to anime conventions, they go to comic con conventions and dress up, bruh. I'm gonna dress up. I don't care. I'm gonna be present uh, for this movie. I'm gonna be present in this cultural movement because I missed the last cultural movement. I'm trying to be. Trying to be, oh, I'm gonna be cool. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm definitely gonna enjoy this movie, and 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 I'm gonna go watch it at like a little expensive theater where they serve dinner and stuff. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this one, right? Um, do you, do you, what about your thoughts on what I mentioned earlier regarding uh, Marvel's plan? Like it, it just shifted their plan. Now I will tell you that they were originally this movie was supposed to be come out in May of 2000, May 6, 2022. Then mm-hmm. Um, they pushed it back with Chadwick's passing. Like we're going to release it in July, in 2022. And then obviously with um, COVID and um, you know a couple of actors you know testing positive, they pushed it all the way to um, November 2022. Um, but do you think there's anything to be said about the fact that Marvel had to reshift their focus a little bit um, because they were relying so much on Chadwick? to carry the next phase or how, how have you felt about phase four in general? It's fine. I mean, I, I think honestly from this point on from Marvel, like I'm kind of like detached. I'm, I'm not really interested in it. Uh-huh. Um, There's just going to be certain movies that I'm going to watch. Like yeah. I won't be caught up in it. Like I was with the first phase. Right. Uh, so, um, or, or it, all the events that led up to Endgame. infinity where in game. So, yeah. So, um. Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, I'm gonna be real with everybody. Like this point, it starts to get a little rocky with yeah. the Marvel universe. You start going to different multiverses and stuff. Like it, it gets a little rocky, bro. So it's like I really ain't trying to get. I don't know if you saw Thor. I did. Like, I did. I could. I. I think I'm at that place too. I'm like, I'm just gonna pick and choose. I can't. Before I was yeah. watching every damn movie, I'm like, I can't do it. Y'all got it's too much content. I can't watch everything. <laughs> And then, I, and if I'm not, if it's not drawing me in, I'll just watch. 
especially if I'm paying for Disney Plus, I'll wait yeah. 45 days. I'm not going to sit there and rush to the theater, you know, right. to go see something that it's going to be on the same app that I'm paying for, mm-hmm. you know, in 45 days. Like, I just, I'll wait. Yeah, it's, it's you pick and choose now. So the fact that they, that Chadwick was so, they were relying so much on Chadwick shows how powerful and how good he was as an actor. Right. Uh, and, and and how much money Black Panther made them, first and foremost. $1.3 billion, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying to use this movie to fund other movies. Like, don't, ladies and gentlemen, don't let that fool y'all. Like, they're trying, they're going to use the money from Black Panther to fund the other movies that are that are they're going to be putting these putting productions in. So it was um, it was actually Marvel's most profitable profitable movie. It was actually yeah, no, it was actually more profitable. <laughs> imagine it than Civil. I mean, than um than uh, um Infinity War and yeah. Endgame because yeah. yeah, because it. But when you look at the cost structure, they were able to walk away with like five hundred something million dollars cash. After everything they, has been paid off, all the expenses, everybody bonuses, five hundred something million dollars cash. Yeah, and now all that money was either—I mean, some of some of the producers, of course, they pocketed. They're like the shareholders, so they pocketed. Right. But they, they just put the money back into another investment, which is another movie. Right. Which is basically, I don't even know what they call them producers, call them shareholders, but whatever. I mean, they are. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of speaks to his influence and how much they knew. They they knew that this movie was going to hit and was going to make them a ton of money, but now it's like, all right, Chad's gone. So I don't think they knew it was going to hit the way it hit. Though no one anticipates the way like that type of star turn in a movie, like one point three off of a. No, they, they knew afterwards. Afterwards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Afterwards, now you're like, all right, like we got a following now. Like we're gonna. It was like Batman, man. Like when Batman Begins hit, yeah, they were like, all right, the second one hits. Then the third one, they just knew they uh, we we collected money on this. One. Yeah, like, it's, it's just it's a it's a bank. This is a bank. Yeah, it's a bank. It's a bank at that point. Like you know, mm-hmm. it became Marvel's biggest IP, and they didn't even realize they because um I don't know if you know this story. The Russos because they filmed Black Panther. Um, I think they were filming Black Panther at the same time they were filming Infinity War. Right, they were on mm-hmm. the same lot, or it was like I think that or the time when when Black Panther was ending. They were starting filming on Infinity or whatnot. So they had wrote Infinity War and the Endgame. And the Russo said that they did not anticipate the, the film being so big that they had to, because they didn't, remember, they didn't include T'Challa in the big part of that um, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like it was a, like, they were, it wasn't a big portion. Like, and so they had to kind of, kind of retrofit and figure out how to kind of bolster his presence in the film a little bit more um, yeah. in order to, you know, capitalize off of his star turn in Black Panther. And it is to the point where do you know who's the first person to come out of the portal on Endgame? It's T'Challa because he says, yeah, with my bag or, or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's T'Challa. You hear Sam's voice, but the first person that comes out of the portal is T'Challa. That just shows you that Marvel knew that they were positioning him as the as, as you know what I mean as as the as the leader of, of yeah. in the next phase, and so like the Russos they had to retrofit his characterization in a bigger role in both Endgame in Infinity War and Endgame because of what happened in that film. All right, so yeah, I know we said we we're going to end like fifteen minutes ago, but <laughs> um, your final thoughts on just everything we've spoken about? 
Um, just this. I mean, I think this just enjoy the moment, man. Don't. And as us as black men, just don't take it as like, oh, my gosh, they're replacing black men with with black women superheroes. Like we should say good job, you know, putting our black women up front and, and highlighting their ability to be superheroes. But also where the hell is Static Shock? Where the hell is Green Lantern? John Henry? Where is all these other black characters? that Marvel has in their pocket and where are the other black characters that DC has in their pocket? Like that's what we should be, be demanding mm-hmm. um, as black men, because those characters are all black men. And so let's try to push to get more representation that way and let Ryan Coogler do, do what he do. I mean, I think he can cook and I think he's a good, good. He, he makes great films. Yeah, I mean, to that point, man, Ryan Coogler hasn't missed yet on any of his films, like, at all. Not at all. And and mind you, he's had Michael B. Jordan as his main actor for some of them. So the fact that he's still able to keep it together is, is brilliant. Yeah, I, I said in my post, man, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what he does on this. I'm excited to see, you know, what his vision is for the film and he's a, such a strong filmmaker that I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt in trying to yeah. figure out how to create a franchise without um, his main character. I think he's going to try to do the impossible and listen, they did the impossible with creating a superstar African based character, yeah. you know? And so like, let them see if they can do that again in a different frame. I, mm-hmm. you know, I said this years ago and I mentioned this in my opening um, when they did Guardians of the Galaxy, I told some friends of mine that they probably don't remember or don't give a shit. But I said, I'm really excited that they casted Guardians of the Galaxy and it was really, and it was um, a big hit in 2014. Because mm-hmm. I said, so that means there's no excuse why they can't, couldn't bring Black Panther to the screen. Because if you can make a raccoon in a tree a fan <laughs> favorite, then you can make Black Panther a fan favorite. So I was excited when, you know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was really in my opinion, I don't have this confirmation, but I think it was a test run to be like, how far can we push the audience to find, to be, make our characters beloved? And when they found out that, yeah, they will buy anything as long as we package it the right way and present it the right way in a talking raccoon and a talking tree, then they're like, we can bring on Black, Pan- Black Panther. And so I was, that literally was my thought. And so I think it makes sense. It's my theory that in 2014, um, they had... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and in the same year in 2014, they greenlit Black Panther. Because they were like, mm-hmm. I think that all of it ties in. I think all of it ties in, and I'll never get that confirmed, but that's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right, so I'd like to end on um, a, a love letter to black culture. So um, here we go. So dear black culture, we just had a great conversation talking about just not only the legacy of Chadwick Bozeman and just the importance of the child character, but we also talked about the ideal of the black male and how we project ourselves onto these characters. And maybe ask a larger question of why do we feel like we have to um, feel like we're, we have to uh, protect certain things that are not real because we feel like it's going to affect the realness in us. And I think it's because we are victims or we are victims of abuse of white supremacy. And a lot of times we don't realize that the abuser is really the abused and so then we try to take it out on those around us and those around us being the black woman in this regard. And so we take things 
like the guys with like like the Kevin Samuels, or we take things like you know this particular film, a fake film about a fake character, and we say this is a destruction of the black male entity and the projection of how they're trying to erasure of us in popular spaces. And instead of asking the larger question about why is it that we are so attached to these things and why is it that we don't have enough representation? So maybe, maybe, maybe we should, as a culture, stop attacking one another and start attacking the institution in which we base our ego on. Because why is it that we're so tied into things that doesn't grow us? So maybe that's what we should do. And guess what? Once we get to that space, once we figure out ourselves, you know what? I think things are going to be all right. So with that being said, we're going to write out to the perfect song. And I thank you, Isaiah. And thank you all for listening to this pod. And we are out. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life I hard times like, yeah. Bad trips like, yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. We gon' be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Huh? We gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be all right. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings. So on my record, I'm a motherfucking gangster. Silence for the record. Uh.